Hey guys, you're listening to Terrifying Travels. This week it is my turn to do our day trip, so I am taking us back to Manitoba. And I am covering the Falcon Lake incident. Now, I have actually been to Falcon Lake. Um, I'm not sure if I was at the right part of Falcon Lake, though. Because I did not uh, reach this secluded foresty part. I actually ended up at a very populated beach, which really sucked because I brought my cat with me and he was not too pleased, although he is an attention whore. So as soon as someone said, oh, look at the cute kitty cat, he was out and ready to perform because that's how Morgan works. So I hope you enjoy my short little story. I think it is going to be quite short, but it is really interesting. So let's hop in. On May 20th, 1967, Stefan Michalik went rock hunting near Falcon Lake. Professionally, Stefan was a mechanic, but he had taken up geology as a hobby, which I can't say is something I would do, but to each their own. He had been to Falcon Lake a few times before and had found that there were really good and sometimes even precious rocks there, so he was excited for this weekend. He had booked a motel and he was actually going to spend a weekend out there just by itself rock hunting, which I will say that does sound kind of cool. He had noticed a flock of geese nearby, but ignored them as he worked, which I wouldn't say was a good idea. Never turn your back on those crazy birds, but he had to focus. At some point in the afternoon, something had startled the birds, probably literally anything. Looking to see what was wrong, Stefan saw two objects hovering about 150 feet away. He said they were cigar-shaped things with humps in the middle, with a reddish glow. One landed on a nearby rock and looked more like a disc. Side note, the rocks out there are more like massive boulders, possibly left over from when the glaciers moved through. I'll add some pictures from my, my time there. But a car could definitely park on them, um, maybe even a couple cars on some of them. So the thought of a UFO parking out there is not that, um, not that much of a stretch. The UFO was parked there for about half an hour, which gave Stefan enough time to sketch one of them, which again would not have been my first thought, but then again they didn't have cameras at the time, so that could have been someone's first instinct, sure. There were no markings on the craft, and it appears to have been made from a single sheet of metal with no rivet marks. They were huge, though, about 34 feet across and 15 feet high. Stunning that there was no one else in the area to see them. Like I said, it must have been very different from what I experienced. He said that they smelled like sulfur and had a mechanical whirring sound. Stefan was close enough that, he, that, when he, that when the door opened, he could hear talking inside it. Assuming they were an American Air Force, he called out and asked if they needed any mechanical help, or if they were having mechanical issues and needed a mechanic, which, you know, he was. They didn't respond, but they did go quiet. So, assuming that they were not understanding his language, he tried in Polish, he was Polish, and Russian and German. Neither, none of those languages seemed to have worked. Even though they ignored him, the super brave Stefan decided to approach the craft. He happened to have welding goggles and gloves with him, so he put them on to be safe. He was brave enough to touch it and even melted his gloves. At this point, the door closed and it turned counterclockwise, revealing a grid of holes in the exterior. The UFO hit him in the chest with a blast of hot gas, which threw him back and set his clothes on fire. Then it flew away. As one does. Okay. 
The experience left Stefan understandably shaken. He was disoriented and quite nauseous as he tried to make his way back to his motel. An RCMP officer stopped him on his way, assuming he was drunk, but never smelt any liquor on him. Stefan explained what had happened to him, and one of two things happened. Either he didn't receive any help from the officer, or he urged the officer to stay away from him as he was afraid he had radiation poisoning. Stefan, however, managed to get to the Greyhound station and back to Winnipeg, where he received treatment at the hospital. Yes, Morgan. Yes, baby. Stefan had burns and welts on his chest and stomach that matched the grid pattern on the craft, among other gross side effects. Like, just imagine the worst flu you've ever had, and that's what he had, plus some. He ended up going to the Mayo Clinic for help. There they decided that he was of, quote, sound mind. But he did test positive for radiation poisoning. However, the tests in the area of Falcon Lake never came back or came back negative. Many of the effects he experienced never really went away, and he dealt with them up until he died in his 80s in 1999. Stefan's son reports that his, son, that his father even smelt weird, saying, When I walked into the bedroom, there was a huge stink in the room, like a horrible aroma of sulfur and burnt motor. It was all around, and it was coming out of his pores. It was bad. That sounds bad. Both the RCMP, I shouldn't have said both, because there's so much more than two things happening here. The RCMP, the Canadian Air Force, the Departments of Health and National Defense, and the American Air Force investigated Stefan's claims. The he helicopters were brought in to try to find the landing site, but they couldn't find it. Stefan, however, was extremely sick. He was not able to eat solid food for... Maybe a couple of weeks. Once he was well enough to be able to assist, he definitely did, and he was able to find the site. Their investigation came up inconclusive. They suggested Stefan was drunk and hallucinating, but that didn't explain his burns and poor health. The site also show showed burnt vegetation where they blew hot gas at him, and they did end up finding radiation there, and even melted metal. The metal had melted into the rocks, and they say for up to a year after that, you could chip metal out of the rocks. Most of that has been lost through being passed around. However, Stefan's family does have one piece left, and they said it is still radioactive, or at least it shows signs of radiation. I'm not sure if those two are the same thing. Stefan shared his story with the local newspaper, possibly to make sure that no one else went out there and ended up in a similar situation. Unfortunately, this may have been a terrible mistake, as reporters harassed the family for years to come. A family friend suggests that the title of Stefan's book, um, oh, which I didn't mention earlier, Stefan wrote a book about his experience. It is just a short manuscript, and the title is When They Appeared. And a friend suggests that that title actually refers to the reporters more than the UFOs, because they descended on that family and terrorized them for quite a while. The whole family had issues just in life as well, as they had to deal with believers and not believers, questioning and harassing them, and even bullying the sons in the school. And it should be noted that Stefan never said that he saw aliens. In fact, he really might have believed that he saw a secret military craft. Um, there's no confirmation as to, well, maybe when I read the book, I can discover it, but I don't think anywhere he straight up says he saw aliens and it was a spacecraft. There may have been something to Seven's claims, though, as no other UFO sighting has attracted the interest of the Canadian government and even the American government as much, of this, as, much as this one. CBC referred to it as Canada's best 
documented UFO sighting. And I should say, no other Canadian UFO sighting has attracted this attention. Or some say that this is actually bigger than Roswell, as the US government will at least acknowledge that this one happened. It was also featured in the in an Unsolved Mysteries episode, possibly the reboot as well. In 2018, the Canadian Mint issued a silver coin, which apparently glows in the dark to commemorate it, which I think is really weird, but you know what, I kind of want one now. At the time, they were sold for $20, and they are now sold for $200, so I won't be getting one. Apparently, there is a Falcon Ranch that contains the landing site, and it does tours, so maybe Morgan and I were just at the wrong part of the lake. So anyway, that is my short story. Uh, I thought it was really interesting, however short. I do look forward to reading the book, and I will let you guys know how it goes. I think it's a rather short book. I probably could have got it done, but I had essays and stuff, so I wasn't able to. Uh, but that's it. So thank you for listening. Um, Maddie does a great job at these endings, but rate, subscribe, listen to us. We love you, and stay terrified.